The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And welcome to our show, my friends, on this beautiful Saturday, November the 27th, 2021. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Yes, I'm going to say it. Happy Thanksgiving. There was an article in the Newsweek the other day uh, about uh, how uh, a Native American group is saying that uh, Thanksgiving is one more reminder for the terrible things that this nation has. Well, let me tell you, my friends. Thanksgiving is one more reminder for me of the wonderful blessings that this nation has given me. Yes, the wonderful blessings that this nation has given me. If you look at a glass that it's half empty, it's always going to be half empty, my, my friends, for you. People who are nihilistic, people who are pessimistic, people who are negative, you know, you can't. You, there's nothing you can do to, to make them happy. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, other than maybe psychological treatment. I, for one, am extremely happy that I am an American, I am so thankful that God gave me gave, gave me the opportunity to be born in the United States. Uh, all right, so uh, let's jump into who our guests are real quick, my friends, because we've got a packed show as usual. Our guests, um, we have two two border two folks from the border, two uh, citizens, residents that have been suffering through this border crisis, uh, Miss Esther Chapoy and Mr. David uh, Calamy. And uh, David, Cal- David and, uh, and Esther are good friends of mine, but uh, I wanted them to give us an update of what uh, they are experiencing as, uh, as residents and as citizens. We also have Mr. Silvio Canto. Silvio is uh, a fellow blogger and broadcaster up in uh, Dallas. I wanted him to give us uh, a, uh, a, a, his thoughts about the Texas political uh, scene right now with Beto jumping into it and Jeff and uh, a few other things going on. And our final guest is Mr. Um, well, actually, he's our first guest, Mr. R.J. Uh, Hallman. Uh, and R.J. is with Thayer in Washington, D.C. He's going to give us uh, an update of the policies that are making the, making uh, this creating this this terrible border crisis. So, folks, once again, thank you for joining us. I want to thank our our um, uh, our sponsors, Border Hawk News. If there's anything that you want to know about migration and immigration patterns across the world, as well as uh, the update no- news right here in our in our backyard in the United States, Border Hawk News is the place to go, my friends. So, uh, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, let's jump to our first guest. Call your friends. Tell them to join us. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. And uh, we've got a new guest from FAIR, Mr. R.J. Howman. Uh, and uh, he is, uh, I reached out to them because this Build Back Better uh, bill that just passed the uh, House uh, the trillions of dollars that are going to be in, uh, that are going to be spent, uh, hopefully not. But uh, the uh, situation is that within that bill, it uh, it contains uh, an amnesty and uh, a few other things for illegal aliens. Um, this on the on the heels of uh, the announcement by the city of New York that they're going to allow almost eight hundred thousand illegal aliens to vote in their local election. Uh, you know, this the, the insanity just keeps getting worse. Uh, what's the point of being a citizen if any uh, illegal alien can get the same benefits and privileges? So, um, RJ, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time uh, during the holiday to be with us. But um, tell us what you can about uh, this Build Back Better uh, legislation. And uh, I mean, is, is it do you think it'll pass in the Senate? Well, you just have to mention the New York thing. I mean, when it rains, it pours uh, when it comes to immigration in, in 2021. But, yeah, it's a very serious matter going on here in Capitol Hill. 
bill. And obviously, you know, I think what everybody's following, what Democrats are trying to do, immigration is just one little slice of the craziest pie I think ever being baked uh, in Washington. But on, on Friday morning, uh, the House passed a, and they're saying it's $1.75 trillion spending package. But that's only for the next 10 years, one of the scored by the Congressional Budget Office. This thing will cost American taxpayers three, four, five, six trillion over the entire lifetime. But yeah, as you mentioned, it contains the largest amnesty in American history, as well as more cheap foreign labor for large corporations. And, you know, amnesty was kind of rejected by the Senate parliamentarian, uh, the woman they have to adhere to because of the process they're trying to go through. Again, keep in mind, you normally need 60 votes to pass legislation in the Senate, but they have a, a method that you can get around that if you're able to, to sell the parliamentarian and say what you're trying to do is budgetary in nature, that it's spending, it is a policy change. The Democrats are trying to build amnesty for illegal aliens as a budgetary change when we believe it's not. But after the parliamentarian rejected them several times, they tweaked the language a bit. It still protects around 7 million illegal aliens, but it doesn't contain a pathway to citizenship. What it does is gives them parole, which protects them and allows them to travel even out of the country, and gives them work permits, work authorization. It's called an EAD. So it allows them to continue to work here. They can bring family members here. They're also giving billions in taxpayer dollars to process these applications. The Congressional Budget Office, okay, they also estimated that this would cost around $115 billion over the next 10 years. The Congressional Budget Office only scores within a 10-year window. But one thing we're trying to remind people is not only was that an estimate that the Congressional Budget Office did, billions more than they were touting. They said it would only cost $100 billion. It doesn't reflect the longer-term entitlement costs associated with amnesty. Because keep in mind, a lot of these people, once they get amnesty, they get Social Security, Medicare, all these other taxpayer benefits. If you look into those, the entitlement costs, the amnesty will exceed $1 trillion in the next 20 or 30 years. So again, bad for American taxpayers. It's good for Democrats. They want to solidify their majority for good. But there's going to be a big fight, you know, shaping up in the next few weeks as the Senate parliamentarian looks at this and senators start debating what can be included, what should be included, what shouldn't be. American people need to pay attention, and we'll do the best we can at Fair and Washington to educate the general public and, again, remind them that they are trying to do the largest amnesty in American history in the year, in the year when we have seen the most border crossings ever. It's terrible timing and staff policy. The, uh, the situation, again, with this... Um uh, with this amnesty that they claim, I mean, I remember I was working in the in the '86 uh, in the in the Reagan administration, uh, and I fought against that '86 amnesty. And I remember everybody saying that that was the last time we were going to have an amnesty. Uh, when we um, when we reward bad behavior, we get more bad behavior. Don't they understand that? <laughs> it's rinse, wash, repeat. You know, we, it, what happened is the amnesty you mentioned, 1986, <laughs> the Immigration Reform and Control Act, also known as IRCA. Okay. And, and the other thing to keep in mind, George, is, is whenever you give an estimate of the amount of people eligible for the amnesty or who will get amnesty based on it, it always exceeds that. We've seen that dating back to the 60s. And again, in, at least under IRCA, again, the Reagan amnesty, there were some enforcement trade-offs. Now, granted, lobbyists swooped in in the, in the coming years after it passed and gutted the E-Verify requirement, which would have required, again, employers to check if, they're, uh, if who they're hiring is here legally, and again, would also have enforcement if they weren't. But in this situation, in fact, I think this is the first time we're on the cusp of a serious amnesty without any enforcement trade-offs. This is just clean amnesty and more legal guest workers straight up in exchange for absolutely nothing. So we're going to see if there's a so-called moderate Democrat, maybe Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, Greg Kelly, Catherine Cortez Masto, if they are really willing to say out on the campaign trail, that listen, I just voted for an amnesty with nothing in return, even at the height of the greatest border crisis in living memory. It, it really truly is. I mean, you know, the, the I-9 has gone by the website. I don't know if anybody that really investigates whether or not a, uh, a, an, a uh, company... Uh, is keeping I-9 records. So I know that enforcement has definitely gone by the wayside. And now, uh, you know, uh, the uh, the Border Patrol has become little more than Walmart greeters at the border. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great way to describe it, yeah. And, and then ICE has been abolished from within. I mean, you know, Alejandro Mayorkas at DHS, and the whole agency, you know, staffed with the abolished ICE bank club. I mean, again, these agencies don't enforce the law. So it's, you know, it's like we're in this situation. It's not only, okay, are, again, are we not getting any trade-offs, even being floated. These agencies aren't even enforcing the law. Again, you're right. The Walmart readers, they're simply processing people. And the only thing Dems would seem to want to stomach on immigration and outside of amnesty is to be able to quickly process people. To allow people get their tickets faster at the gate. I mean, stamping them and everything to come in here. And we've always warned, though, too, if Democrats start getting an appetite, potentially next year, once this is in the rear, 
want a so-called enforcement bill, you got to look at the fine print. Don't go down that path. If they want more border patrol agents down the border, they don't want more border patrol agents to enforce the law. They want them to be able to process even more people. Okay, allow more people to be released into the country, allow claims to be adjudicated faster. It, it's just this is part of their end game. Again, it's their it's the goal to change the social fabric of our nation, and and we got to stop them. Again, it's ridiculous how they're using this process. And I'm telling you what, they're going to pay at the polls uh, in November 2022. Well, we're, we're seeing the reaction already here in here in South Texas where, you know, we've got a Republican, a, a Republican mayor. We've got uh, a, uh, a seat that was Democrat lost to a Republican. Party. And we've got a Democrat that switched, switched parties. So, I mean, we're beginning yeah. to see that here in South Texas. I don't understand why they, uh, they don't understand it. You know, yeah, it's interesting that it may take a reality check for them. And, and you know, honestly, George, we've been thinking in Washington, well, you know, what they killed us bill overall, the entire Build Back Better plan, or the inclusion of amnesty will be political fear. But now we're starting to think, well, hey, maybe they already realized, dang, we're screwed anyways, so we might have just like, put our foot on the gas and get all we can and walk the political plank, so-called, for the good of their party and the good of the nation in their eyes. So we're going to see, I mean, they're going to have a decision to make. Are we screwed, or can we actually, you know, pivot in a new direction, maybe not give amnesty, and maybe the political fallout, again, will be less extreme. You got it. I, I, I can't, you know, I, I just cannot fathom. I just cannot fathom how uh, they uh, ignore the, uh, the situation at the border. Um, we've got, uh, we, we've had a, a local sheriff here in Bear County who is a Democrat. He was on TV on Sunday talking about the terrible fentanyl, meth, and other drug problems that we've got in the city. Uh, talking about the crime that has escalated, and he made no reference to whatsoever to the open border and the amount of drugs that are coming in. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's everybody down there, listen, can see with their two eyes, you know, what's going on there and the effects that what the Biden administration is doing is having out in our country. I mean, I, I just saw another news report, too, about, you know, crystal meth and fentanyl, hundreds of pounds of it being seized at the border. And you're seeing this effect down the line all over the country. You know, every state is a border state. But again, when it comes to Democrats, Put your money where your mouth is. You know, Henry Cuellar is out there as the only Democrat who's pointing out the border crisis. Listen, things are so bad down here, stuff needs to be done. But what did he do on Friday? He voted for the largest amnesty in American history with no enforcement trade-offs. So again, put your money where your mouth is if you're a Democrat, and you're highlighting what's happening down the border. That's very, very true. No, it, it is, and that's something, again, the American people need to take note. Even Kamala Harris, to some extent, you know, the borders are, you know, uh, yes. uh, Lopez Obrador. Let me, let me laugh at that one. <laughs> Again, that we need to address the root causes and everything. Well, how about we adjust the magnetic policies that encourage people to come up here too? That's and exactly how, about, how about you know, Gamble and Joe actually maybe go down to the border and see how things are? I think you can count on uh, one hand how many Democrats have seen the conditions and the actual crisis, especially at the height of it over the summer. It, it really, you know, the situation just keeps deteriorating as their policies are creating this, these magnets. And, uh, you know, and, and, and they say that the system is broken, but they've broken it, and uh, they're blaming everybody else. Yeah, the system was broken under President Trump even, and he did all he could, you know, through administrative policies, executive actions. They're doing the exact opposite. Again, we warned them from the roof. We screamed it from the rooftops back in January. A lot of, you know, knowing people very well, you know, under, under the Trump administration who served at DHS, you know, Chad Wolf, Mark Morgan, and others, they had meetings with the Biden administration and basically told them, hey, guys, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. They were right. They ignored them. They listened to their party's radical fringe instead of actual law enforcement and people who understand the conditions down at the border and the policies that trigger people to come. It, 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 is, it is really uh, absolutely uh, incredible that, you know, that they've, uh, they've gone so far down this border that at this point, uh, I'm not sure how we can get the genie back in the bottle. I really don't. I mean, I, 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 I keep, I, I keep wondering how we're going to do this. No, I agree. It'll take a new president. Here's the other thing to keep in mind. If even if Republicans are to take back one chamber, the one they're, they're favored most in the House, that means Republicans will now control the purse strings. So, again, you know, Kevin McCarthy, if he becomes speaker and a strong Republican majority in the House, will be able to, again, attach conditions to funding to DHS and other federal agencies to say, hey, if you want to use this money, it can't be done to do this, or it has to be, you know, done to do a condition, again, that we're slapping on it. It has to be used for a certain kind of enforcement, and we'll be there on Capitol Hill with 
whistling in their ears to make sure that conditions are attached to the funding. But again, things can get better, okay, after November 2022, but they won't, you know, get where they need to be until Biden or, or whoever Democrat leaves the White House after an election in 2024. So still a long way to go. Yeah, you still have people within that administration calling for the most crazy crap in human history, rescinding Title 42, again, which actually allows people to be quickly uh, supported when they cross legally, and other Trump policies that are in place that, again, that will take a little bit longer to rescind. Yeah, really, truly. My friend, uh, I, I, you know, <clears throat> I, I, you know uh, I, that's a glimmer of hope, and I certainly hope that the that the Republicans will have the guts to reverse things instead of just leaving things alone, as they usually do, but to reverse yeah. the, the situation when they take power. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yep, that's right. Thank you very, very much. Anything else you'd like to add? Tell the folks where they uh, can find uh, FAIR and how they can uh, support it. Oh, big, big week coming up again. Go to fairus.org for easy ways to contact your lawmakers. I think everybody's good in Texas at the Senate level. Even Senator Cornyn, who's been a little squishy at times on immigration, is pretty hard line on no amnesty, and obviously Ted Cruz is as well. But again, whatever the Senate ends up considering, again, it's going to have to go back to the House as well. So some people that maybe you're listening, that are listening right now, if you have a Democrat lawmaker, both at the federal or state level, be sure to be reaching out to them and, again, telling them that the immigration and the border crisis must be addressed. But again, always go to fairus.org to learn more about what is happening in Washington and how we're fighting back and as well as an easy way to contact your lawmaker to tell them, hey, don't wait in the seat. I trust the right. You got it. Thank you very much. We've been speaking with our good friend, R.J. Howman. R.J., thank you very much. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio. The answer here in San Antonio. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. David Callum, from uh, South Texas. Uh, David uh, is, a, is an activist with the, uh, uh, with, uh, the conservative organizations in uh, South Texas, um, speaking out, uh, organizing, talking about the uh, issue of the border crisis. He's been on our show before, but I wanted to get him back on so that we could do an update, um, particularly with uh, regards to some of the uh, chases that are happening in his backyard in his county, which is not on the border, by the way. So, David, thank you very much for taking time to be with us tonight. Uh, tell us, uh, give us an update. How are things looking as far as you are concerned with the uh, with the border crisis? Has um has Biden done anything to address it? Hi, George. Thank you for asking me to be on. Um, the border crisis seems to be getting worse. It's moving. The hotspots seem to be moving away from the border. And our little town of Divine, Texas, is about 4,000 people on I-35 between San Antonio and Laredo. We're 150 miles from the border. And we've just had a rash of uh, incidents lately, including a high-speed chase on my own ranch. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I'm not anywhere. <laughs> I'm not anywhere near the interstate. I'm I'm ten miles out of town on a dead end county road. Now, this chase that occurred. Tell us a little bit about that. Was there damage? What happened? Yeah, well, they they uh, they came screaming across the property. You know, I have a, a a half a section, so it's not a little place. Uh, and they come screaming across the property near uh, the ranch house where my son Daniel lives with his family, and his wife was on the porch. Uh, about 11 o'clock at the enjoying the evening and here comes this white four-door Chevy truck just screaming right past her house and heads back into the property and goes through you know slams through gates runs over a deer feeder and then through two uh, fence lines and out to uh, one of our neighbor's property and then right behind them is uh, you know a few minutes you got 10 to 15 DPS and other law enforcement chasing them including with a helicopter Wow. 
Now, when they caused this damage, David, tell the people, um, who's responsible for this stuff? I mean, who, who uh, does anybody uh, step up to try to uh, fix your the damage that occurs on your property? Absolutely not. It's totally up to us. Um, you know, we got to get out there and fix it there so the livestock doesn't get out and endanger the, the public. That's incredible. That is so. Uh, I would imagine that other uh, ranchers have have uh, suffered the same type of situation like you. Oh yeah, especially closer to the border. You know, those guys down there in Capula and right along the border have have been suffering with it since uh, well, I guess a, a year ago, October. Now it's very very interesting that uh, you know you're not close to the border yet. You were seeing these chases, which uh, used to happen right by the border, but now they're 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 happening away from the border. Um, do you think uh, that DPS's presence, the Department of Public Safety, the uh, state troopers, do you think that that's helping uh, matters any? Well, uh, that's probably has something to do with it. Are concentrated in certain areas, so they're pushing them around. You know, the, the more familiar routes, and so they started showing up in our little town. Now, a week ago, uh, we had one of those uh, semi truck bailouts running at the at the interstate and. In Highway 173 at a truck stop, and they caught they caught all those uh, illegals. There was a bunch of them. I don't know how many there was. And then on Thursday night, uh, we had ours at, at our ranch. The very next day, uh, on the other side of the interstate, on the uh, west side of the interstate, just south of the line, they had another high speed chase through three different ranches. And uh, the the vehicle, which all these vehicles are stolen by the way, but that that chase, the vehicle ended up in a stock tank. They tried to to submerge it and hide it, I guess, from law enforcement, so they wouldn't know where they. But it got out, and uh, in that particular case, it didn't catch anybody. Wow! Now, um, you've been involved in, since from the very, very beginning of this uh, crisis uh, in uh, in speaking out and and with uh, your organization. Tell the folks about um, you know uh, uh, the the people that are involved in your or in your organization and and uh, some of the stories that they've got to tell. Yeah, um, well, our organization is Texans for Closing the Border. It's on Facebook, and we we uh, we have about twenty three thousand members. And I would like your listeners to join us because we uh, really need to get active and we need to do some demonstrations, peaceful demonstrations along the border and in the capital to get our politicians' attention. I know you think we'd have them by now, but they're really just doing uh, smoke and mirrors, and they're not really addressing the issues that need to be tackled. Yeah. Let me ask you about another question, because uh, this came up the other day when I was speaking in San Angelo. Uh, is the price of gasoline, um, is that having an impact on uh, on your rural community? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're 30 miles south of, southwest of San Antonio, so a lot of folks work in San Antonio. Yeah, it's really having a big impact. Wow. That's, that's, that's you know, that's outrageous. So... Um, on on the issue of the border crisis, what is your strong recommendation? I mean, tell tell the folks what you think needs to happen. Oh yeah, well our governor uh, needs to put, put uh, armed soldiers on the border and stop the invasion. And that's what needs to happen. Uh, this invasion is not good for the folks, the poor folks coming through. You know, they're they're at the mercy of the cartels getting across the border. And uh, there's 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 no telling the tragedies and horrors that are occurring to them, and uh, many of them I've heard I've heard them claim not, that they would never do it again if they knew what they were going to go through to get here. And uh, uh, so there's and it's just crime. There's a lot of crime going on committed against those poor folks, but also against the, the local citizens and uh, property damages and such as that. Now with the upcoming election. Do you think that Biden and the Democrats uh, are in trouble because of the, at least in South Texas, because of the border crisis? What are your perceptions on that? Yes, on the border, uh, the, the Democrats are going to lose horribly. It's going to be a real whooping. Uh, but uh, Donald Abbott may lose as well. Yeah. He's, not, he's not well thought of. Uh, you know, there's some things that the governor has done. Uh, that have benefited Texas, and uh, up until the border crisis, I probably would have uh, been in support of the governor, but he has dropped the ball on us so badly uh, as far as uh, the border invasion. He's just not protecting us. Again, what would you have him do? I would have him on the, the entire border, and, and, and then I would have him go uh, 
on economics with Mexico. That's probably the number one thing that would work. Yeah. If, if Mexico got 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 hurt by it financially, they'd do something about it. Yeah. Well, when Trump threatened to uh, shut down the border, they sure they sure reacted. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. You know, but of course, some some of some of uh, some Americans also did and started screaming about the president not doing not wanting him to do that. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm, I'm sorry, you know, that, that goes both ways. But we got we got to stop this. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. David, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Tell the folks uh, again where they can follow your organization and what it is. Yes, our organization is Texas for Closing Borders on Facebook. And, boy, we sure would like to have a, a bunch of new members join us and get energized and put some pressure on these politicians to do something to help Texas. You got it, buddy. We've been speaking with our good friend uh, David uh, Callum from Divine, Texas. Thank you very much, David, for being with us tonight. God bless you, George. Thank you. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got um, uh, Miss Esther Chapoy. She's been on before uh, on our show. She is a resident, uh, a resident, a homeowner, a property owner right on the border uh, there in Del Rio in Valverde County. And um, she's watching everything that's happening right there. I mean, she is a witness to the to the front line. Uh, so uh, I wanted to get her on to get uh, a perspective of what, um, uh, give us an update. What does she see? What does she hear? What does she think about what is continuing to go on? Thank you very, very much for coming on our show again. Is, let, me, uh, let me begin by asking you, um, give us an update. What is happening uh, on, on, on the border right now? Great to hear from you again, George, and uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak to your audience. Uh, first of all, I want to let you all know that I pray for all of us that we all have a safe and blessed holiday season. But uh, what I'm seeing is it has slowed down somewhat, but what concerns me is that I do not see DPS going up and down my street anymore. The only time I see Border Patrol is when I see their vans come through fully loaded with people from the river toward town. I do see Valverde County Sheriff's Office patrolling every once in a while. And and just to uh, to remind everyone, my street goes right to the San Felipe Creek that empties into the Rio Grande River. So when illegal aliens cross the river, they cross through a very shallow part of the river, and then they see the, the San Felipe Creek, and they're told to follow that. Well, they follow that, and then they come and see my street, and they start coming up my street. The other day, I had a whole <laughs> big pack of people walking up the street toward Qualia Lane, which is the main street that comes out of south part of Del Rio. And um, these people are not the ones that concern me as much as the others, because these people are saying, hey, I'm here, come pick me up, take me to the NGOs, and uh, uh, give me all the freebies, and you'll never hear from me again. The ones, the ones who concern me are the ones who are creeping around, hiding, and getting picked up by people that they've made arrangements with because they want to avoid any kind of law enforcement. And if they're trying to avoid law enforcement, there's probably a reason why they want to avoid law enforcement, right? Yes. The other day, uh, a neighbor called me and she said, there is a man on the street going up and down the street. And he looks like he's looking for somebody or something. And <laughs> probably very ill-advisedly, although I know that she is armed when she did this, she stopped and talked to the man and asked him what he was looking for or who he was looking for. And, and he said, oh, I'm looking for my friend. And she said, well, give me the address and I'll tell you where, where he lives. And he said, oh, I have GPS. And he would not give an address. 
So she contacted me and gave me the last four of the license plate and a description of the vehicle and the, and the young man driving. And I contacted uh, Border Patrol, first of all, but I never saw them show up. Because I never saw them show up or come up and down my street, I then called uh, DPS, thinking that if the guy had picked up his whoever he was supposed to pick up and had made it to the to the highway, at least they would have a description of the vehicle if they had not gotten that information from Border Patrol already. But these people are the ones that I'm, I refer to as the entrepreneurs, the ones who are making money, picking up people and transporting them somewhere. Now, I, I don't know whatever happened with the, the law or the mandate or whatever it was that Governor Abbott spoke about, about stopping people who, who are moving people. True. And uh, I haven't heard anything more about that. Yeah, that's, but, that's true. I mean, I remember that, that making a lot, of, uh, a lot of noise and a lot of people, uh, a lot of the nonprofit organizations suing him and, and a lot of screaming yeah. and drama over it. Now, what, what bothers me is that I think people are becoming very complacent, thinking that <clears throat> Democrats are going to vote Republican because of what they see happening. But I think there are a lot of people who are well, with the people I call entrepreneurs who are making money off of the lawlessness. Right. That's true. And Including the nonprofit organizations. Including. Yes. Yep. yes. So to me, that is a, a great concern. Now, you let me ask you this, because you as a, as a woman uh, living alone, and, uh-huh. uh, I mean, there are other women that I know of that uh, are either living alone or stay alone while their husbands are away um, uh-huh. or family members are away. Uh, do you feel vulnerability? <laughs> yes, I do. But since we last spoke, I have acquired a, uh, a dog. And my dog is a – he's part pit bull, part bulldog. He's what they call a bully. And he has a ferocious bark and a very disarming growl. Wow. And he's in, the house. <laughs> he's in the house with me. And uh, because he's in the house, I have to take him out for breaks, right? Uh-huh. Well, this morning at about 4.30 in the morning, he came over and put his, his head on my hand, which means, Mom, I got to go out. So I took him outside and all of the dogs in the neighborhood were barking. The only time they do that at four o'clock in the morning is because there is somebody walking around out there. Yeah. You know, so uh, because it was really chilly, he did his business and we came right back inside. But uh, he was he was alert in the house the whole time after that. Wow. You know, so uh, he lets me know if there's somebody outside. And uh, yeah, do I feel vulnerable? Somewhat. Uh, Not as much as before I got the dog. But, you know, it has cost me to have to uh, replace fencing and and I had to have more lighting put on. I have lights in the in the back part of the house that it looks like daylight out there when I take them out. Now, now you worked you worked uh, as a uh, an agent. You worked on the border. Um, do you talk to any of the uh, agents that are currently working uh, and what do they say about, you know, uh, their morale and what their, their work and, and all of the stuff that's going on? Yes, I am retired supervisor for CBP DHS. Uh, I retired with 35 years service and I was legacy U.S. Customs Department of the Treasury before the big merger in 2003 after 9-11 in 2001. Um, so... The majority of my work was not dealing so much with with people who were uh, trying to come in illegally as much as with the narcotics aspect of it and, and the failure to de- declare stuff. And also exportation of guns and, and money out of the country. So that was that's my background. Now, when I speak to them, you know, I... Uh, I think everybody is afraid to say things, you know, but uh, I think their main concern right now is with what's going to happen with the mandate over the vaccines. Not everybody wants to take the vaccine. 
I haven't heard a number for the port of entry of Del Rio, but the number I heard for the port of entry of Eagle Pass was that 80 employees did not want to take the vaccine. Wow. That wow. was that was the number I heard for Eagle Pass. And so if, if Biden threatens, you know, goes through with this threat of, uh, of firing people, I mean, you know, we're already overwhelmed by the illegal aliens and the narcotics traffic. And then we're going to lose more people. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Well, he doesn't care about what's coming through the river, so I'm sure he doesn't care about what's coming through the ports of entry. Yeah. Very, very true. Very, very true. Uh, Esther, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us tonight. Um, anything that you'd like to share with the folks uh, before we let you go? Only that we need to keep praying for this country. Uh, and, you know, for for God's mercy on us. Amen. Just keep praying. Amen. Well, have a great uh, Thanksgiving. Stay safe. And you too, George. Uh, pet your puppy for me. Oh, I will. <laughs> We've been talking with our good friend, Miss Esther Chapoy from Valverde County in, uh, in Del Rio. Thanks a lot, Esther. Have a good night. Good night. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio on this uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, we're happy to have our good friend, Mr. Silvio Canto, who is a fellow uh commentator blogger he uh is in dallas and he frequently goes on um on telemundo and univision up there uh to uh do conservative commentary as well as he's got his uh, podcast and uh a general good guy and i uh wanted to get him on uh to chat about uh, texas politics and a few other things that are going on silvio welcome to the show thank you for taking time to be with us uh i hope uh, everything is well with your family Thank you very much, George. The same to you and to the audience. A, a very happy Thanksgiving. We all have a lot to be grateful for, even when gasoline is three fifteen. <laughs> it is. Let's start. Let me start by asking you about uh, the Beto campaign, which has gotten a lot of attention. I mean, it even is getting attention from the left, uh, from the liberal media, uh, of uh, people confronting uh, him at uh, various stops. And what's unusual is that the people that are confronting him are Hispanics. Uh, they uh, don't seem to be happy. I, I keep wondering: is this is this a premonition of uh, of the Democrats' uh, problem with uh, the election, or is this just poor Beto not uh, getting any respect? What do you think? Well, it could be a little bit of both, uh, George. I, I do think there is a lot of panic on the Democrat side about this election because it does not look very good for them. I mean, if you if you just uh, look at everything, the price of everything, you know, uh, this Thanksgiving dinner, everything is going to be so much more expensive. If you travel, um, it's going to be so much more expensive because of the gasoline and all of that, of course, is being directed at the Democrats. Uh, as far as Beto, I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago when we did a, a podcast that I was... I didn't think he was going to run, uh, simply because I, I thought he had better political sense and and being able to read <laughs> the political, you know, the political panorama, as they say. I mean, timing is so important in elections, as we learned uh, with Bill Clinton in 1992, but being at the right place at the right time. And I just don't think this is a, a good year for Beto to run when... He's basically going to be running against a, a Republican wave. Uh, so, but he's in. He's in. He decided to get in, and uh, we will see what happens. But you know, so far, uh, it's interesting when you hear Beto. He's criticizing President Biden on the border, uh, on immigration. Uh, he's not been very specific on those, but he's criticizing President Biden, and he's also saying that he's not going to talk about President Biden, which is kind of a <laughs> Not off to uh, 
expected him to be a little bit better in the polling data, and he's not. Yeah. So we will see. So far, I don't, I don't think he's impressing anybody, George. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, what was interesting was that also uh, the Texas Monthly magazine uh, had an article yesterday, uh, which I will send to you. The uh, article talked about how uh, Joaquin and Julian, well, Julian Castro in sp- specifically, who was the HUD secretary uh, under um, under Obama, how his uh, he's faded to the background as well. That one time that we thought that uh, that a lot of people thought of him as the hope for uh, liberal Hispanics and uh, and a change in uh, in in Texas, and he's completely faded to the background. Yeah. Something is happening, George, and something is happening with the Hispanic vote, not just here in Texas, but in the country, but here in Texas where we are, of course. I don't think the Hispanic vote is what it was 10 years ago for the Democrats, and I think a lot of Democrats are beginning to realize that. There have been several articles about how the Hispanic vote or the Democrats are not, you know, are not convincing Hispanics. But I think two issues that I believe are hurting the the Hispanic Democrats or the Democrats with Hispanics. Number one is the border. Uh, I I think the kind of chaos that we're seeing in the border has really turned off a lot of border Democrats. And you know that as well as anybody living closer to the border than I do. And I think the other issue is the price of gasoline. I mean, the reality is that most Hispanic families in Texas are being really impacted by the price of gasoline. I mean, look, I include myself in that in that list. I, uh, you know, it used to be we could fill up our family car for, for $30. You know, you put 15 gallons in, $2 plus, okay, so you pay $33, $34. You fill it up now and you're putting close to 50 Well, that's a, that's a huge chunk of money that you're leaving at the gas station that you cannot spend somewhere else, George. I do think that's hurting Hispanics uh, directly, George. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, it really, really is. Then there's, of course, the all of the optics with the social justice issues. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Al Sharpton coming to the Valley to criticize the Border Patrol uh, for that incident with the Haitian. And um, you know, calling out the border patrol for being racist, and all of the all of the agents that were there were all Hispanic. Uh, didn't go over very well. <laughs> so, no, I you know it, I, I'm it, not fact, sure. <laughs> yeah, in fact, George, I think that word racist uh, is really not going over well. Yes, uh, I think we've reached the point where if everybody's a racist then nobody's a racist, I guess. Uh, and it's just like everybody's, everything is racism. Everything is skin color. Everything is, you know, the angle is always racism. And I think it reaches a point where people say, okay, you've told me that 50,000 times. Now tell me what you're going to do about gasoline prices. And I think we're at that point right now, George. I, I couldn't agree more. We've seen, we've seen already... Um one defection, at least one Hispanic Democrat in South Texas become a um, a Republican. We've seen another uh, Democratic um, uh, uh, election or a seat, should I say, in the Texas House flip, Texas Senate flip uh, to a Republican Hispanic. Uh, do you think that this is um, this is more evidence of the of what is what is coming? I think so. I think there is, uh, there's, besides the, the political reality, George, I think there's another issue, and we saw this in New Jersey a little bit, where Democrats are just not that excited to vote. And this is what often happens. This is off, what often makes a, a, what they call a wave possible. That is, that people are just not that excited to vote. So if you're a, a Democrat right now, you're just not going to get up in the morning and say, "I got to go vote." And I think that's what's happening. I think that's what happened in that Senate election. I think it was around San Antonio, where a, a Hispanic Republican, John Lujan, defeated a, a Hispanic Democrat, Frank Ramirez. I think what happened there is that turnout really hurt Democrats. 
And that's what I think, if I was a Democrat, that's what I would really be scared of, uh, turnout, because they're just not getting it, George. They're just not exciting their base, and they think that, you know, they, they're playing the same game that, you know, we'll call everybody a racist, and that's going to get Hispanics to vote. That's not working, George. It's simply not working. You know, I think, uh, as I said a minute ago, I think a lot of Hispanics are saying, okay, you've told me 10,000 times that he's a racist, but tell me what you're going to do about gas prices, because that's really what's affecting me. Mm-hmm. And, and that they don't have an answer for that, George. That's exactly right. Uh, let me let me close here by, by asking you about Thanksgiving. I mean, we have uh, yesterday that was announced that several... Uh, professors at various universities are claiming that we need to replace Thanksgiving with a national day of mourning. Um, as as a person, not only as an as an American, but as someone who came to America as a little kid as an immigrant, what do you think about Thanksgiving? Well, yeah, I, I think that's outrageous because Thanksgiving is the most American holiday. You know, when our family came here, that was the one holiday we didn't know anything about because it's really only celebrated in the United States and a little bit in Canada as well. And so to hear people criticize Thanksgiving, look, they're not going to win. These idiots who want to cancel Thanksgiving, they're not going to win. And and they're just going to turn off more voters. So I guess as a Republican, I'm delighted to hear that these people want to cancel Thanksgiving because every time they say that, we win more elections. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I just feel. I mean, I just feel that George. I, I'm convinced. I I think these people just hate the country. They hate the country, and and you know, I guess if they want to hate the country, fine. But they should move somewhere else. You know, why don't they go to another country? I mean, why 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 hate the country where you live? No one says it's a perfect country, but my gosh, it's a pretty good country, and I think most Americans agree with me, and I know that having come to the United States as a, as a kid and having grown up here and, and watching what my parents went through in Cuba, I know how great this country is. So I, uh, these idiots, we need to put them on a plane, George. We need to do a collection and get them some airline tickets to North Korea. That's what we need to do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could not agree more. I could not agree more. My friend, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us uh, today. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, tell the folks where they can follow you. Well, they can go to the internet and just put uh, Canto C A N T O uh, Talk T A L K in my blog, and my podcast will come up. Also, I write at the American Thinker often, so you'll get to read some of that stuff over there. But you know, my last message to everybody is Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourself. I know it's a difficult thing, especially with what just happened in Waukesha. How terrible that is. But, you know, just focus on your family, and uh, uh, your family is where everything is at. And you need to, to really focus on your family and appreciate the fact that you can get together with them uh, for a family dinner, George. That's exactly right. We need to, we need to concentrate on the positive instead of uh, looking at, the, at all That's the it. negative constantly. That's it. That's it. Thank you very much, folks. We've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Silvio Canto from... Uh, Uh, Dallas. And uh, Sylvia, once again, thank you very, very much for joining us today. Happy Thanksgiving, George, to you you. and your family and to your audience. You too. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. Thank you very much for being with us today, and I want to thank our guests for coming on and chatting with us. Uh, If you have uh, anyone that you feel we should interview or if you have a story yourself, uh, feel free to contact me. 
uh, either here through the station or through uh, social media. And uh, we will be glad uh, to uh, chat with you and see if we can get you on the show. Uh, I want to thank also our sponsor, Border Hawk News. If there's anything that you want to know, my friends, anything that you want to know about immigration and immigration patterns, not only here that's happening, what is happening at our border and to our uh, immigration, pro- uh, our immigration issues, but also what is happening across the world, because this is this illegal immigration and unauthorized migrations are a global problem, my friends. They are happening everywhere, and uh, we just seem to be getting uh, the butt of it now because, well, because everybody wants to come to the United States. So uh, I want to thank everyone. Uh, I, I want to thank uh, Border Hawk News. Please support them. Please go and read what they've got to say. Uh, and of course, please continue to support us, share our program, uh, buy our book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions. You can buy it anywhere online, uh, as well as you can invite me to come and speak at, uh, at events, uh, at, uh, you know, wherever you are, I'll be glad to, uh, come and speak and chat uh, honest talk about uh, race relations, honest talk about immigration, honest talk about the fake news. So uh, please feel free to invite us. So uh, once again, my friends, uh, share our program. Tell your tell your friends and neighbors about it. El Conservador is uh, not going to go away. I mean, we need to uh, we need your support. We need uh, your help to continue broadcasting and talking to folks, uh, telling folks uh, the facts. Let's uh, let's let's stand together, my friends. Let's stand for America and for Texas. So, thank you very much for being with us today, my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP nine thirty AM radio, the answer. Mm-hmm.